You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Don't call it a comeback. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poole, and joining me, as always, John Duke. Now, John, I, like you were last week, am at my vacation home, and you go to Myrtle, right? I go to the Outer Banks, and you go, you go to Myrtle. Is that That's- your deal? No, that's that's my playoff kickoff uh, April trip. No, I, in New Hampshire, I go to New Hampshire in the summer. So, it and not my vacation. I, I don't own. I just I pay people and I stay. There. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, you go on vacation. I don't, <laughs> I don't want people to think we, we're put, casting airs about ourselves here. You know, we're not. <laughs> we're not. Uh, you know, there. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm on, did my vacation thing. You're doing your vacation thing. And look how rested and tan and, and beautiful we look. And here's the thing. You know, I always have a problem. Yes. I am getting tanned as much as this Irishman can get tanned, but, <laughs> but I will say this. Um, I find I don't have cable at home. You know this. So I'm always doing the internet thing. The beach house that we rented does have cable, but. It must have like direct TV or something because there's no NBA TV. So I miss game two. I watched game one. We stayed at a hotel on the drive down to break up the drive. I watched the first summer league game. I miss game two. And now you and I are recording before game three. So we will talk a little summer league. And obviously I was able to catch the highlights and everything else. We'll talk a little summer league, but. I think the biggest thing we want to talk about is that this roster has really rounded out since the last show. We've got Daniel Tice, Enos Cantor, uh, and that's really the probably the biggest moves. And then what Vincent and I don't even know how to say his last name yet. Is it Poirier? Yeah, I think so. That sounds good. Let's I go mean, I that. am also French. I said I was Irish. I'm French and Irish. <laughs> it's an international show here, but I don't. But Poirier I, is my best guess. It's my sounds best good. guess. I'd go with it. You go, you go with it. What do you yeah. know about him? I know nothing about this man. Rim running center, uh, defender, um, not crazy athletic, but athletic enough, I think. Um, I, you know, he's been over to the, um, summer league. He's played in summer league a little bit. I don't know that he's in a, in a position right now where I think, 
you, know, you could say, oh, he's the best guy going in. I think there's a battle ready for uh, that center spot, and and maybe I more. think Tice is a guaranteed starter. I don't, uh, I don't know. Are you like Canner? I mean, Rob is. I don't like any of them, but honestly, yeah, you. <laughs> right, exactly. But I mean, Tice had a good stretch there two years ago. I mean, I realize he didn't get the right. same kind of minutes last year that he did previous years, but he definitely had a really nice stretch and you, he's, he can, you know, he can do the rim running, you know, he does pretty good job of being in the right position on defense. He can switch to some extent, you know, within a, within, you know, his ability to switch, he can switch. It's not like he gets lost in the defense in doing so he'll get beat by the superior athletes, but it's not like he doesn't understand how to do it. And he does, you know, he, he shuffles his feet. Well, he does all those things. Correct. You know, Williams is a freakish athletic talent, but I think he's still, you know, just finding his way in the league. I don't think he knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Um, as evidenced by getting blocked several times through the first two games, right? Then he got shot blocked like three times in the first two summer league games, something like that. So yeah, definitely in the first one, I, I, I hit two, um, that guy got him twice. I don't know, but either way, yeah, he got he got a couple blocks. But I think the issue was his mid range jumpers that seemed to. He had well, that's no, what Scott doesn't seem to like, right? There was no, there was, <laughs> yeah, there was. He was he was looking to put it up, I think, a little bit. Um, but the problem is, I mean, they all have major deficiencies. I mean, we all know Cantor is a horrendous defender. Um, we know. That Although, if he keeps hitting the three, like we saw his very first shot as a Boston Celtic, it would make him that much more. <laughs> God, that was hilarious, right? I yeah, I know it. it was great. I loved it. I, he's, you know, what I like. I, I think he, he could be a really good fit in terms of giving a little bit of attitude. This isn't a team that has a lot of, showed a lot of attitude last year. Despite and they the, lost Morris, who was yeah. one of their attitude guys. Yeah, but it wasn't. It didn't work, you know. I, I wonder if Cantor could be could be helpful in that regard. Um, Tice, I think Tice is too small to to be a starting center. I mean, he's smaller than Horford was, you know. And and I just so I, you know, you know me, and you know I like to start off a little bit beefier than than not. But then again, well, Cantor doesn't defend, so it's so like let's talk pick about, your So when you say beefier, you don't mean small in terms of height. You mean small in terms of poundage. So well, he's only six. Tice is only six nine. I mean, yeah. He's not, so well, yeah. But where I'm going with this is Grant yeah. Williams. You know, an older guy. You think there's any shot there? Seems to be doing the right things. Role player. You know, strong guy. Do you think as a starter? No, I, I think he the, still, Do you play him at center? I think he could get some center minutes. I, but he he's, center he, minutes he's smaller. He's smaller than I thought, though. I mean, oh, yeah, just Charles Barkley small. Yeah. He is, yeah, and and yeah, the league has gotten smaller, but that seems um, seems crazy to me. I, I, but what's Draymond? Draymond's what six seven? Yeah, but he's Eight? got a, his wingspan is is significant, so he can still defend. You know, I think you're right. I, I mean, I think he can he can switch. I think he can do those things. I just don't know height wise, you know, length wise, if he's got to be able to contest the big guys and that's, that's a problem for him, but we'll see, you know, he could, he could get there. I, I think with this team, it's possible. I mean, Taco I, I think all has the wingspan. This is all up for grabs. It's bananas, right? Like, honestly, I, and I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to say this to be rude because he is really, you know, everybody really likes him. And I think, 
I think he deserves a development shot for sure. Yeah. I think the Celtics could lose him because some team that has the depth ability to take on a guy like Taco is going to gamble on him, you know, on an NBA roster potentially, and then send him down to the, to the G League instead of just trying to sign him directly to the G League. So my bet is that the Celtics lose control of Taco Fall. But either way, it just tells you the state of the center position for the Celtics right now. The fact that, you know, hey, wait a second, this guy's really tall. And I will say for a really tall guy, he's not wiry thin. Um, you know, he's actually got, I mean, that's the part I think that is in, encouraging about him is not only is uh, the thing that everybody's noticed is he's athletic enough to get up and down the floor, but he's not like that minute bowl skinny. Right. He's actually got, you know, some decent size for a guy who's just so long and lean. So there is a lot of promise there that way. I mean, the guy can basically dunk the ball flat footed. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I also say that because we're getting so excited about him, it just tells you how thin <laughs> this center position is for the Totally. Celtics. Totally. That's the, yeah. I mean, that's part of this. I think you always, you somewhat overhype the guys in the summer league and we've seen two games and, you know, we got people who are ready to, you know, birth Carson Edwards baby and taco fall has seemingly captured the hearts and minds of everyone in Las Vegas. It's crazy, you know, but I think you're for a team that's in need of positive stories and you know somewhat moving on from an era. Taco Fall really fits really really perfectly into that, and you know I think they'll find a way. I, I really do. I think they're going to find a way to to keep him. the 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 downside has been that Yabu has has really not played well at all. Well, and if they create a spot, it's probably Yabu to go. Totally. Yep. Yep. I, How do you feel about that? I mean, Yabu's your guy. I love Yabu. And, and this was his opportunity. And I don't mean summer league. I mean <clears throat> roster Broader. construction of the Celtics. Yeah. This is his opportunity. And yet, you know, he just doesn't – I don't – let me ask you this. Is there anything about his play that gives you the idea that he's progressed since his first summer league appearance? Not at all. I mean, he was he – was, an impact player his first summer league. I mean, he was, he was really good. I mean, he really gave you a lot of signs of hope for the future. Knocking down three pointers. Yeah. Great, you were saying he's the Draymond, right? He, he yeah. He could do it all. Yeah. He was shooting. He was passing. He was showing size, showing his athleticism. And he just seems like a guy right now that's in his own head. I mean, everything he did in that first game, he couldn't get out of his own way. And it, he looked a little bit better in game two, but still rough. You know, and for a guy who's going into his, in his third summer league, uh, he needs to, to do more. I mean, I, I'd say Robert Williams, certainly of the two of them, has played much better. You know, there's been mistakes. Uh, that's, that's expected, even if it's the second yeah, summer league. When Rob puts the ball on the floor, even from beyond the arc, yeah. it's like he's knifing through the very weak summer league, you know, post defense. And totally. Like that one reverse is uh, yes. pretty, a pretty awesome standout kind of play, but, He's had others and great you know, passing. even when he, yeah, great yeah. passing. And even when he makes yeah. a mistake defensively, you know, and, uh, I think it was Keith Smith maybe who did the write up talk. I can't remember which one I read now, but talking about how, you know, Rob is still kind of very, no, it was John, uh, John from, uh, Red's Army and, oh, and yeah, uh, Corrales. yeah, right, yeah. Corrales. And he's like, you know, he's still kind of doing the pogo stick instead of getting low. And I thought that was a really great breakdown of Williams yeah. and he's getting away with it in summer league. And it's going to be harder for him to do that in the pros, but the general athleticism, 
allows him to cover up mistakes in ways that I thought Yabu would be able to use his, we used to call it girth, right? We teased him. But we were like, he ought to be able to box guys out. But he's not even really getting the space to rebound either. Yeah, it's it's just, it. I don't know. I mean, look, it's two games. Two games is not going to, doesn't mean anything in the, in the grand scheme of things. But Gershon needs to turn it around pretty quickly. And I, and I think that pressure is, is weighing on it. He recognizes on this team that he has an opportunity. He is the older guy. He is in this situation. It's time to make A and, uh, I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's messed with him a little bit here in these first two games. And of course he got hurt in game two. So, you know, we're recording this before game three. We don't, you know, who knows? They hook him out and score 30 and. Right. He'll be totally awesome by the time everybody is listening <laughs> in the morning, right? right. He's going to have a triple double in the summer league and we're going to be eating some major crow and, uh, who knows? But real quick, follow Celtic stuff live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews, the Garden Report, the Roundtable, and yours truly, Celtic Stuff Live. So, uh, John, let's kind of finish that thought on on Yabu and, and the bigs. And then, uh, you know, I do think we have to talk about Carson Edwards and then also free agency has, for the most part, you know, sort of shored itself up, um, you know, since the last time we got together and, and talked uh, about the league. Yeah, Kawhi. <laughs> Kawhi's made his move, which which is, you know, set the, the whole thing on fire. But, uh, yeah, no, we'll talk about that in a bit. But, you're yeah, I think that, you know, the big situation, to, to bring it back, is – is one where there's not a lot of confidence right now. Um, I think that I, when we were listing that, that list of guys, I mean, I, the one that I kind of lean on and hope can make that leap is Robert Williams. He's the one guy in that group that, you know, I think has the potential to do something, has the frame, could really fill a number of holes, but it's asking a lot of a kid who could barely, rarely get on the floor, either from his injuries or from, his inability to really grasp the team concepts that, that Brad needed him to, to uh, put into action. And so it's asking a lot, but he's the guy to me. He's the guy that, that fills in so many spots. And if you could find a way to make him and Cantor your two best centers at the end of the season, Celtics would have to feel like, okay, we've got to win there. Uh, but I, I do think just looking at this roster and where it is, Danny's going to be looking at trades, I mean, and it may be as soon as starting to have extension talks with Jalen Brown. Well, it may Pulpet, go even beyond right? that. Polpet said they're not done, or the rumor came out, but then right. nothing's happened. So clearly they aren't done, but the Walker deal is finalized. Terry Rozier's finalized. You know, he's going to be in Charlotte. So all of those sort of moving pieces that might have left the door open for something sort of on the heels of that has kind of gone away, which really does, and what you were just getting at, really does point to the Jalen Brown potential trade or the Marcus Smart, depending on salary size that we're talking about, potential move. And, you know, as part of that Kawhi conversation, we'll be talking about Russell Westbrook too. Not that I think he'll come to the Celtics, but that whole Steven Adams thing may resurface as they continue to blow up because they're going to be trying to shed salary too. If they, if OKC totally blows it up, 
you know, there's where there's smoke, there's fire type of deal with Adams. Maybe the Celtics try to take on that salary. You'd have to think they'd have to get more than Adams, though. And, you know, they're going to have to, what, I think it's like Marcus and Jalen would get them maybe to the financial matching numbers. That's where it gets really squirrely for them. Yeah, not just, a lot of tradable players. Right. And, like, to take back a player who's maybe not – who is maybe a net negative in terms of a trade piece given with the salary he's at. I mean, he's great. He's, he's a good player and there's a lot of value that he has, but his salary is so insane uh, for where the game has gone and where he is as a player – that it's like you're going to give up, you're not going to give up core, several core pieces of your team to bring in Steven Adams. I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. No, you'd have to get other core pieces. You know what I mean? But even, I mean, but, but then you're going to, they're going to have to throw in more money, <laughs> you know? So it's like you, you, I don't see a fit with Oklahoma City, really. I mean, I think it's, you can make a trade with Indiana for, uh, for Sabonis or for, for Miles Turner. There's a, there is a fit there. You can make that happen with the money, but the 25 million just, it's tough. I mean, you'd have to, I guess you'd, you'd have to go in throwing in Marcus Smart and, you know, Cantor and, you know, and that might get you there, but I don't want to give it's up. It's going to be more Smart. of a deadline kind of thing too. You got to yeah. think, or maybe they signed Brown to the extension and yep. then, then they can do something like that because now his salary's gone up and that all of a sudden, you know, makes him more expendable. And you think maybe they would want to wait and see what Gordon Hayward becomes too, because maybe, Maybe right. they move a Gordon Hayward and, you know, the Memphis pick to go do something splashy, you know, for a big. So it's hard to say. I mean, I think you and I talked about, or no, it wasn't you and I, Bobby Manning, I think had me on and uh, we were talking about centers and DeMarcus Cousins was a name that got thrown out during that interview. And obviously we now know he chose the Lakers, but I was like, I just don't think they can gamble on that chemistry in the locker room. And I remember having Mike Gorman on the show. Many years ago, and and when asked, he goes, "I just don't think that would be a good idea, and uh, I don't think it's any better of an idea now." Yeah, no, it's I, you know where they are <laughs> after last year, and the more that comes out about last year's team, it just seems more and more obvious to me that um, the Celtics are trying to make a conscious decision to take a step away from last year's team, and. Bringing back, bringing in Cousins doesn't. Every work. reason they picked Brad Stevens is coming true. Culture Absolutely. is 100% king. All right, last name I'm going to throw out, and then uh, we'll get to our ad read, and then we'll hit the second half of the show. But um, Dwight Howard trying to get back in. Oh Jesus! Paint Isn't face it amazing? Cloud. All these talented, talented bigs have big attitude problems and can't make a squad. Can't make well, any money. It's wild. But, but they're talented in, in two, 2011. You know, it's like can't, you can play Cantor in 2011. In, in 2019, he gets five million. You know, <laughs> that's, that's where we are. Like it's just the, 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 the Steven Adams of the world, the, the traditional center. Like there's just no value there. And that's why, you know, tw- Twitter was ablaze. Celtics Twitter was ablaze in the first, you know, 24, 48 hours after. Uh, the 6 p.m. deadline, seeing all these second, third tier guys going off the board as centers, but it's like you don't need to spend 17 million on a center because you can get somebody at five who's, you know, and, and you look at what the Celtics got, they pay the same price as Chicago, was it? That paid for Kaminsky? No, it was the Phoenix got Kaminsky for the same price. Like, I'm not saying that Ennis 
Cantor is going to change, is going to blow anybody's mind from the center position, but it's so devalued that, you know, you can get a rough approximation of what Steven Adams does for the mid-level or less, you know? And so it's, I wouldn't pay Dwight Howard to wash my windows at this point, honestly, uh, although he could get the really high spots. Um, that attitude on top of his game just makes it a, a non-starter. And he, he may be done. It may be it for, for old uh, Dwight Howard. Yeah, he's done. I think so. All right. Baseball season is in full swing, and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with betonline.ag. This week, John, who you watching, Red Sox and? Uh, this week, I'm going to say the Dodgers, man. The Dodgers. That's, that's a World Series preview, dude. Or, or I guess, I guess, uh, what would it be? I guess, uh, you're trying to get it back. I don't, I, I guess the part two yeah. was the sequel. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, the all-star break, all-star game was, we're recording this on the all-star game, but yep. Dodgers Sox at Fenway. I mean, this is Dodgers probably want some payback. The Sox have not played as well of late. Let's hope there aren't any 18 inning games this weekend though. Well, guess what? Because you're loyal listeners of Celtic Stuff Live and CLNS Media, we are giving you an extra 50% added on to your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com slash CSL and use the promo code CLNS50. The best part is the bonus will be added on to your balance within seconds. And again, support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash CSL and use code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. All right, John, let's talk Carson Edwards. Then we can talk about the balance around the league with Kawhi and the Clippers and the Lakers shaking out, all of that fun stuff. And then we'll wrap it up here in about 10 minutes. So let's talk about Carson Edwards because – he may be getting a little too crazy shooting the three ball, right? Nah. But at the same time, <laughs> this is where you want to showcase he's playing great defense. Right. You know, this is the kind of scrappy, somewhat undersized, fits Brad Stevens system kind of player. And he could be a really underrated guy off the bench. Might get more minutes than you'd expect. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because of course, you know, they brought back Wanamaker and so you know, you wonder, okay, well, there'll be, a, there'll be a battle there, I would think, for, for backup point guard minutes. Uh, but I love everything I see at Carson Edwards. I mean, if you accept him for who he is, right? If, if you're not trying to make him into something else, if you're not trying to say, okay, this guy has got to become a distributor, a playmaker, and he's got to do all these things, and he's got, and he can shoot it. Like, if you just like back off from that a second and you just said, look, he's Eddie House 2.0, right? And, and he's strong. He's got a good wingspan so he can defend, um, a little bit bigger than, than his, his height would indicate. And better than Eddie. I mean, Eddie and was better than Eddie. Yeah, yeah. He's giving effort on that end, certainly. Uh, I think it's an unbelievable deal. And, you know, there was a lot of people who, who have been complaining about the fact that the Celtics made those moves and they could have had this guy, they could have had that guy in the latter half of the first round, but. Those moves not only got them a first round pick that could be used at some point to get somebody, or 
they've also allowed them to go back and get the 33rd pick so they could get Carson Edwards. And so I think he's going to be a contributor this year. I don't know to what degree. We always see these rookies that come in that we think can shoot, but maybe they can't shoot or whatever. So I try and put high expectations on that, but he seems like a guy that can get his playing with a lot of confidence. And as long as he's able to keep that going, uh, I think he's going to be able to, you know, bring that into what Brad needs him to do because that's the thing. When we talk about Yabu, Yabu walked in not having really been indoctrinated into the Celtic system, played great, played with confidence. Now he's, you know, he's had trouble trying to find his time. It's kind of slowed him down. Let's see if Edwards can keep that momentum going while also integrating into uh, what the Celtics need him to do. Well, he's getting a lot of touches, right? I mean, the ball is in his hands a ton and that's, a lot of that is just reps. And they're going to teach the same system. It just may not be played against the same quality of opponent. So um, when he comes to training camp, where do you have him on the depth chart? Because, I mean, really what you have is Kemba and then Smart, depending on if he's in the starting lineup or if he's coming off the bench. I mean, you almost have him at like two or three, right, depending on? I'll tell you, well, it's interesting because you really, it, it's a question of what they end up doing with the power forward position, you know, because if, if you do play Jason, Jalen and, and Gordon, right, in your starting lineup with Kemba and you fill a center there, um, you know, you're going to, one of smarter Brown is going to have to sit. Now, if smart's the one that sits, you know, he's, he's generally probably going to be the point guard in that second group. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to have Marcus Smart next to Carson Edwards? You know, we know Marcus has the size to guard the small, the shooting guards, but Marcus can run the team and you've got Carson shooting. I mean, that seems to be a, a, a good fit positionally in terms of what those skill sets bring. Yeah. Role table. reversal on offense and defense. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we, we saw it a lot in the, you know, the uh, Allen Iverson. I'm not comparing. Carson Edwards to Allen Iverson, but you know, and Eric Snow, a six six uh, point guard who was distributing, defending, it could guard the bigger player. But you had AI doing what AI did. I wonder if that's that's a model to look at for the Celtics here. Uh, I think, but I do think Wanamaker is going to get a strong look. I don't think that this they're bringing him back just to bring him back. He's going to play. He's going to play a hell of a lot more than he did last season. Uh, and I think that's a good thing because I thought he he performed pretty well when he was out there. Yeah, he did well when he was out there. You know, the biggest thing is whoever can help generate offense on that second unit. That's totally. going to be the biggest totally. key. It's not the defense. These guys are scrappy and the guys coming off the bench, Brown or Smart or both, depending on how they run the rotations and the transition, they're all going to be defenders. And, you know, obviously Carson's a – a very strong defender too. It's going to be one of those things where it's all going to come down to offense. I think. What, what do you think about the idea of having Cantor in that second group? You know, because that way you have that consistent low post offense and kind of well, it would space things out nicely. Smart. I mean, yeah. I think it would you know, give you a little bit of an inside out game if he does hit that three pointer and they can invert it a little bit. That would allow for Edwards to be going to the rim like he likes to do, and and really depending if it's Smart or Brown. Very much kind of the same thing. If it's smart, it'll be more of a post up. And if it's brown, it'll be more attacking and they'll kind of have Edwards and Brown attacking from the wings, I think to some degree. So a lot of different things that they can do with that. But I think, yeah, um, I think it makes sense to have a shooting offensive big on that second unit to keep the floor spaced out. Especially, like I said, if Canner can hit that outside shot, even if it isn't, even if he isn't hitting a three, even if he's just, you know, 
a step or two inside the three-point line, I think it would be a huge help. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I'm not saying he's exactly Brooke Lopez, but there was a lot of Brooke Lopez, you know, and, and not a strong defender, uh, but had good skill around the basket. I mean, there are a lot of similarities there, not a hundred percent, but there's a lot of similarities there. And certainly we, we saw this season and in the playoffs in particular, what Brooke Lopez was able to turn his game into. Uh, if Cantor can make some of that happen, uh, though a much better rebounder, uh, that would be very interesting for the Celtics development. Uh, and as they build towards a team that I think, you know, um, if we want to look ahead to the rest of the league, I think the move west of Kawhi puts the Celtics in a spot where they've got a really, really decent shot, not just at a first round series having home court advantage, but maybe even the top two seed in the East because losing Brogdon from the, the Bucks and losing Kawhi from the Raptors, you're taking the number one, the, the second best player on the number one team in the East and the number one player on the second best team in, at least in the regular season rankings and sending them elsewhere. Uh, obviously the Celtics have their losses too, but you can see a path for the Celtics, I guess, to, to maybe even make a push for a top two seed in the East, which would be quite a, quite a credit to uh, Danny Ainge. Uh, and especially if they make a trade, if they're able to shore up and balance out that roster a little bit, it would definitely be something to behold. And again, this Memphis pick next year, the year after, they have the ability to replenish lottery talent on the squad and likely will do that. So you don't worry so much about losing those assets. So what, I mean, as far as how everything shakes out, a huge surprise, PG 13, um, and Kawhi really engineered this and there's plenty of articles on it, but so I'm not even going to get into it. I think if you don't know what we're talking about, then <laughs> I don't, I don't really know what to tell you. Is. Yeah. Why are you listening? Uh, so <laughs> you know, he did a great job of keeping it quiet, a great job of like reaching out and trying to get players to go. You know, we all knew all along you wanted to be in LA, but there was also because of the title, um, everybody thought, Oh, maybe he'll come back, but. Boy, he just does things his own way, and he totally shifted the landscape, and he waited and did it on his terms, not right away at midnight with big announcements, but, you know, kept it close to the vest until they could get things sorted out. So PG-13 goes. Russell Westbrook's on his own. I know Miami seems to be the front runner amongst all the people that are, you know, out there punditing on it. There's a word for you. And uh, punditing. Not punting. Punditing. Yeah, punditing. <laughs> so, uh, when we, when we kind of look at this whole thing, you know, it obviously weakens the Lakers. That's great for us. But that Clippers team is pretty dominant. It's still yeah. just amazing how we just went from Golden State to all of a sudden the Clippers like out in the West and, and it'll be an exciting battle with LeBron and, and Anthony Davis and nothing will bring, bring bigger smiles to our faces than to see the Clippers and Doc Rivers beat on the Lakers. Uh, I'm still Doc and I still are not. We're not back. We're, we're not there yet. But yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I, I you think, will be if he trounces well, on Anthony Davis and LeBron I, James, dude. You're one nothing, step closer. Right. That I was happy. I mean, I, for whatever reason, I was up when all that was going on uh, when when the Woj bomb hit, and uh, I was so happy. I was so glad. I was glad for Kawhi. I'm glad for Doc. I I, I just. I'm so glad to see the Lakers get their comeuppance. Uh, there's that photo uh, of Rich Paul on the on the phone at Summer League. 
um, with uh, Davis and and LeBron sitting a row ahead of him, and he's just the face. It just I don't know if that's when he heard the deal was going to happen, but he didn't look happy. And I just I want nothing but the worst for those guys for for the Lakers for Rich Paul. Uh, I really hope it doesn't work out. Now they have Avery Bradley and Rondo, which is going to be tough because you want to see those guys do well too. But uh, they they picked the wrong horse, so. Uh, unfortunately, Rondo and, and Bradley are gonna gonna bear the brunt of that. But I, yeah, let them fight it out. The West is is deep. Utah's gonna be tough. I think Houston's gonna be uh, gonna be in the mix. I think San Antonio could make a run at things. Uh, Golden State, yeah. Isn't right dead when we buried. were saying, right when we were saying that the East got better and stronger, this all happens, and then you get, yeah. take another look at it again. And you're like, no, it's the same old, same old. Yeah, it's, it, well, you know, I think it's, it's a, little a little different better. in that you don't it's have a little Golden better, State. but it's not a lot better. Like Golden State was was uh, a, there was a gap between Golden State and everyone else. You know, here it's there's a lot of really good teams. It's kind of back to like that, like uh, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, where you you know you had sure you had the Spurs, but you had other teams. That were, you know, the Lakers, they were kind of winding down. Um, you know, you had other teams, Memphis, the East was during that stretch, right? I mean, the East was so weak. Yeah. And and the thing is, is you bring Durant to the East, right? Yeah. But as just as you're doing that, Kawhi goes back to the West and, and Milwaukee gets a little bit weaker. Well, and what, and what Kevin Durant are we, are we getting in the East? Oh, well, well, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you know, you're, Kawhi's going to be the better player next year. That part's guaranteed. I likely I, will continue to be the better player the following year. The point is more of the fact that, yeah, you draw in a big player who may or may not recover mm-hmm. to the best of his ability, uh, previous ability, I should say. And, uh, but at the same time, you're shifting more talent out west, period. And, and so just as you thought that was starting to come to the east coast again, you know, at the very least, it's a wash, and it's probably worse than that. For those of us who are really holding out hopes to a very late degree, <laughs> this guy, uh, that that Kyrie was not uh, the charlatan and a fraud that he's seemed to have come out to be, um, to see, you know, that team that we had hoped that would come together, and it looked like there was at some point there was a chance that that could have happened, that KD and, and maybe even Anthony Davis would have been here and you know, when you move on past that though, right? Like I was pretty disappointed about where the Celtics were and the inability to bring that together. But now you look at the, the total landscape of it all. The, the frustrations of the Celtics, well, why didn't they make a move for Kawhi? Well, now we know why. You know, why didn't the Celtics do this and that? Now we know why. So the landscape is leveled and you've got Kemba Walker, who is, you know, a top 15 guy, top 20 guy in the league, a great point guard, get his buckets, whatever. And then you look, you look towards your wings. You look towards Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, and you look at them and say, okay, guys, what can you do? How's it going to work? How are they going to fit those three guys together? Um, what there's still going to have to be some acceptance of a role that's a little bit beyond what just getting buckets. Somehow those guys have to rebound the basketball. Somehow those guys have to share the basketball. Somehow one of those guys at some point is going to have to guard the big guy. At some point the guy's got to guard the small guy. But those three guys, if they can make that work with Kemba Walker, they're as dangerous as anybody in the league. Anybody in the league. I really believe that, you know, and 
then the sky's the limit. They really could, they could, you know, they could make a run at the finals. It's not, it's not beyond belief. Can they beat the Clippers? I don't know, but I didn't surely believe that the, the Raptors of all teams, uh, at this point last year was going to be NBA champion for 2019. Did you? Yeah, and, and no, no. And I'll just add as we get ready to wrap here that, that honestly, yeah, you didn't know that, but you, you, you don't know what deal may be on the horizon as well. And, and so they've got a strong shot at recovering the culture in the locker room. And to your point, that could have, uh, a major positive, um, just even for the young players getting that burden off and being able to go out there. And I love that they're going to have a chip on their shoulders this year. And they really do have some pressure on them. And it will be great because if they can, if they can respond to that pressure and play well and raise their games, you know, to another level. And then somebody like Hayward is just got the benefit of a full off season. You know, there could be a, there could be not a wash in terms of their ability you know, because they're really losing a big piece in Horford, but, mm. but they certainly could make up the difference based on where this team was last season. And so you think you could, I think they could make steps forward, maybe not on an on paper talent, but definitely in terms of a performance on the court and be much more dangerous in the postseason. But this broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS media mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer, Samuel Elias. Executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLMS Media, Nick Gelso. And for my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. Outtakes? Yeah, there's one important piece. And as the longest serving, the very first Celtics podcast, there is no one better to talk about this than you and I. The number eight going to Kemba Walker. Oh yeah, totally. What are your thoughts about this? I'm just gonna throw this at you first. Oh, dude, I love it. I love it. Total nostalgia. You know, I I remember me and my my buddy Ben Royal and I we, we had a we had an apartment and I was Pierce and he was Walker. And I was Brady and he was Bledsoe. And if anybody has been listening to this show, they've heard this story for like the fifth time. It's like my kids, you know, you're, you're hearing this and you're going, yeah, dad, uh, that's the story you told us last year when we were at the beach. Cause I've already gotten that twice since we've been on our vacation this summer. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you've heard the story, but this is the, but this is the reason why I love it because Antoine wasn't a bad dude. And he carried, you know, he carried, I mean, he wasn't, he was not the player that was going to take the Celtics to the championship. He wasn't that guy, you know, volume shooter to say the least, but he was a very endearing personality. If you watched the team during that stretch, you loved him. You loved Antoine. As a matter of fact, what ha- what happened to him financially, I think really, you know, a lot of people were really, that were bummed about that for him. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't, nobody would ever have wished ill on Antoine. I mean, he struggled with being traded, but who wouldn't, you know? And then he wound up coming back anyway. So he's sort of like, you know, came full circle on that. He's, was a, he was better about it than Isaiah Thomas was. And I still love Isaiah Thomas. So 
I'm just thinking, I don't think there's a whole lot of hatred out there for Antoine. And uh, his number was never going to get into the rafters. Um, I don't know if Kemba's will get into the rafters, but if he sticks around for the full length of the contract, maybe tax on another year or two, you know, they win a championship, he could get up into the rafters. That's how it goes. You know, Kevin Garnett's going to be up there someday. And especially if he comes in and cures the culture and is the community guy that we've heard that Kemba is. And, you know, that's the other thing. Like, I, I mean, I think Antoine was a community guy too. That's part of the reason he wound up in the financial trouble that he did, you know? So I, I see nothing but, you know, uh, fairly not parallels. I just don't want to use that. I just don't think that those two players are really paralleled in any way other than, you know, the number, the last name, but, but ultimately, uh, you know, Antoine was, was a player everybody loved. And I think everybody's going to love Kemba Walker and I'm totally down with it. I, yeah, I, I think, uh, I made the comment. I, uh, I tweeted, I said, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have a Walker wearing number eight that I can cheer for, which was a little snarky, admittedly. Oh, but, totally snarky. Were you but, a Pierce guy too? Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was necessarily Pierce versus Walker, but I was more like, I was so frustrated by the fact that the guy had so many gifts. He was so talented. He was, he could do anything. And yet, he turned the ball over every time he was in a fast break. He, his, his thought of his ability was here and he actually, what he had accomplished was down here at times. And, but, but you're right. He was somebody who bridged the gap from the ML car Celtics, which still had the last vestiges of the DJ Celtics. And, you know, because DJ was the assistant coach there and bird was still on, uh, on staff of the team. I mean, he, he was the connection to that, you know, that next era, the, the Pierce era. And he appreciated the team. He appreciated the history. And he was one of the guys, you know, on, on Fox Sports when they're looking for comments about Kyrie Irving and what does Kyrie mean? And, you know, and he was pretty harsh on him because he appreciates that history and appreciates what that stood for. So for the, I, I guess I'm kind of saying the same thing, but as You're you are. His respect for history is the whole reason why this is respectful of him and his history. And yeah. Sense. Totally. Totally. I, I think it's, and he's also, Kemba's got a little wiggle in him too. He does a little walker Looks wiggle. Looks really which, similar. You know which, what? They're, that's probably the closest parallel of them all. Absolutely. Cause Kemba is cut and Antoine was not. So, uh, you know, there's, <laughs> there's nothing more perpendicular than their conditioning. Not, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Antoine thought he was a point guard at times, but you know, um, Kemba is the size of one, but you know, anyway, it's, I, I think it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm happy to see it. I think it's kind of cool. There's so few numbers they have that are, they're, they're in the lower numbers. So it made sense, but, uh, I just, I thought it was really funny. And I thought really there's no better place to talk about this than here. So, yeah. uh, welcome good, to Boston, Kemba Walker. Yep. You know, well, number eight. Wait. Good choice. Toy number eight is back. Definitely a great choice. <laughs> Toy number eight. Yes. I love exactly. it. <laughs> and I mean this with all sincerity as I say this right now, but if you're still listening, you are welcome. You love that. It's great. It's great.